0: Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Sermon Series. Swatika. Yindi Harrisburg Brethren in Christ. Where our vision is to be a thriving, diverse urban church, sharing Christ's love and serving the needs of our local and global communities. And here's this week's sermon. We hope you enjoy it too.
1: We had shared, Chad had shared his testimony in the, in the second service, and we thought we wanted him to share it in this service too, because, uh, It really was a tremendous answer to prayer. Um, Again, I'm uh, preaching from the 10 Commandments and uh, I'm going to read all of them. I like to read, when we have time, I like to read all of them just to help them get into our our minds and our hearts. And repetition is one of the main ways we do that. So starting with Exodus chapter 20, verses one through 16. And the Lord spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for their sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor daughter, nor your male, nor female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but it rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor." I uh, I have to confess something since I'm preaching on honesty today. I'm skipping the one on you shall not steal. I didn't find anything that I, you know, uh, nothing grabbed me. I just didn't feel inspired about it. So uh, let me sum this up. Don't take anybody's stuff that isn't yours. <laughs> and don't steal from the Lord by withholding from him. That covers the... that commandment. Okay, now, I want to cover today, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. We live in an age in which the ninth commandment is taken less seriously than it ever was. All over the place, in our culture, there's a great big credibility gap in every level of society. You know, I was, uh, you know, it starts, you know, like with advertising. Uh, The other day, I was listening to the radio, and I caught the end of something, and I wasn't sure what it was, but this person was talking about how they were amazed and how wonderful it was that these people had come into their life and how blessed they were. And I thought, are they talking about an emergency EMT person resuscitating somebody, or are they talking about a fireman that rescued somebody? And it turns out it was a commercial for plumbing. And I'm going, I'm sorry, I don't use the words amazed and blessed and, 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 you know, wonderful for when I call up a plumber and they come and plumb. We hype everything. Everything is over the top. As one magazine put it, ours is a huckstring, show-busy world, jangling with hype, hullabaloo and hooey, f- bull, baloney, and bamboozlement. We've reached the level now where we, and here's what's scary, we don't expect the truth anymore. Ninety percent of Americans expect their political leaders to lie and lie regularly, which, of course, they fulfill our expectations. Of course, the world lying should not be a total surprise to us. The leader of this world, Satan, is the father of all lies. The devil's main modus operandi is lying. This is how Satan got us to break the world, to cause the fall, to ruin the Garden of Eden to begin with. He got Adam and Eve to believe lies about God's character and God's word. And so they fell. Before I go any further, perhaps it would be good to define what lying is. A lie is when I purposely send a message I know isn't true. A lie is when I desire to deceive, trick, manipulate in order to get something I want or to get out of trouble. Of course, a person may not be lying when their words are untrue. Sometimes people are honestly mistaken or ignorant. If I say to you, 2 plus 2 equals 5, and I mean it, I am stupid. I am not lying. Mistakes are not lies. Lying is not so much a matter of accuracy as it is of intention. Do I intend to deceive somebody? Of course, the other side of this coin is respect for truthfulness does not compel us to reveal our minds to everyone about everything. The ninth commandment does not equate telling the truth with spouting whatever comes into our heads out all over people. It is not our moral obligation to tell someone we think their dress is hideous this Sunday morning or that their ha- hairstyle makes them look like they put their finger in an electric socket this morning or that we don't we often wonder how their spouse has managed to live with them for the last 20 years. The ninth commandment requires only truth that is appropriate to the situation. A plumber, for instance, ought to tell me the truth about my pipes, not his view on how lousy management is running the company. A minister ought to preach the truth about the gospel, not how he feels about the choir director. Although I love Bart, but that's none of your business. (laughs) The ninth commandment does not call us to be rambling blabbermouths. In fact, the Bible says, be slow to speak. Screen what you say. I have news for some of you, it is okay to have an unexpressed thought. Yeah. The opposite of this, of course, is Facebook. <laughs> I don't need to know today you're constipated. I really don't need to know that. <laughs> I don't need to, you, for you to put yourself on video and have a meltdown in front of the world. I don't need to know what you're angry about this week. Truthfulness is asked from us about the things we ought to be speaking about. And there's an awful lot we ought not to be speaking about. The primary reason for God's commandment to be truthful is because the lack of truthfulness destroys trust. And trust is the backbone of any and every relationship. The quickest way to destroy a marriage is start lying. The quickest way to destroy a partnership in business is to start deceiving. The effectiveness of a church is lost if trust is lost. The effectiveness of democracy itself is lost if trust is lost. Imagine a society in which no one could trust his friends. No person could confide in anyone. No one could expect anyone to keep their word. No one could depend on anyone for anything. Imagine a world like that. Life would become unbearable. Trust is the glue of every relationship. Every relationship is built on trust. And when trust is gone, everybody and everything is in trouble. And nothing destroys trust like a lie. You know, I've counseled through the years with many people who were the victims of an affair by their spouse. And they tell me, although the betrayal of the covenant and knowing my spouse was with another person, is incredibly painful. What is even more painful and what did the real damage was that this person lied to me for days or weeks or months or years, hundreds and hundreds of lies. And I don't know how, after being lied to over and over and over again, I don't know how to recover trust. I don't know how to trust them ever again. That's the real damage. People lie for a lot of reasons. But usually it boils down to two primary reasons. People lie to either protect themselves or to profit themselves. People lie to stay out of danger or trouble or to gain some sort of advantage. Let's deal with lies intended to protect, for instance. Obviously, people lie to stay out of jail. They lie about a mistake on the job to keep from getting fired. Politicians lie to keep from getting voted out or or to get what they want. Also, people like I have found to avoid confrontation. If you always try to deal with unpleasant situations or dysfunctional situations, if you always try to deal with your anger by glossing over whatever it was that made you angry, that becomes a real problem over time. By habitually dealing with unpleasantness in such a manner, we are dooming a relationship in the long run, and we are magnifying the problem in the long run. Sometimes we have to bite the bullet and tell the truth. John Orberg, we've been studying his book on uh, who was this man. And in one of the chapters, one of the things that jumped out on me, he said, he said, let's try a thought experiment. Imagine picking your car up from a tune-up. The technician says, this car is in great shape. Clearly, you are an automotive genius to take such great care of your car. Later that day, your brakes won't work. You find out you were out of brake fluid you could have died. You go back to the shop and the mechanic and ask, why didn't you tell me? And the mechanic responds, well, I didn't want you to feel bad. Plus, to be honest, I was afraid you might get upset with me. I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted. You'd be furious. You'd say, I didn't come here for a a little fantasy-based ego boost. When it comes to my car, I want the truth, especially when it comes to my brakes. Or take, for instance, you go in for a medical checkup. The doctor says, you are a magnificent physical specimen. You have the body of an Olympian. I've heard that so often. (laughs) You are to be congratulated. Later that day, while climbing the stairs, you have a heart attack. You find out later your arteries were so clogged, you were one jelly donut away from the Grim Reaper. You go back to the doctor and say, why didn't you tell me? Well, I knew your body was in worse shape than the Pillsbury Doughboy. But if I tell people stuff like that, they kind of get offended. It's bad for business. They don't come back. I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted. You'd be furious. You'd say to the doctor, when it comes to my body and my health, I want to know the truth. We are people who need the truth. Perhaps even worse is the fact that many of our nice, polite lies, little white lies that we use to avoid confrontation, never give a person a chance to respond to reality. A writer gets a manuscript back from a publisher with the gentle lie, You are a really great writer. We just aren't, you're just not what we're looking for right now. And that person, that poor, deluded person, keeps trying to make it in writing for the next 20 years because the publisher wouldn't tell them, You stink. A husband endures 20 years of secret misery, afraid to share the truth with his wife. And finally, he leaves her and she cries all these years. You never let me know. You kept it all inside. And he responds, well, I didn't want to hurt you. What do you think all that secrecy and leaving did? Or a person has trouble making friends and no one ever tells that person why. So the person keeps on acting obnoxious and keeps on making the same mistakes, never knowing what the problem is because no one will actually tell them. So this person either goes to two extremes. They either figure they're in lo- unlovable and no one could ever love them, or people are just plain mean. We owe people the truth, the truth in love, but the truth nevertheless. Without the truth, no one can grow. Without the truth, the chains will never fall off. Jesus said the truth will set you free. It's not just grace and love that changes us. It is truth and grace that changes us. You cannot ignore one or the other. Of course, the great danger of lying is that we start to believe our own lies. Every sin comes wrapped in a lie. Maybe you've heard some of these. I'm not rude. I just tell it like it is. All those people I left bleeding were just pansies who couldn't take the truth. No, you were rude and a jerk. I'm not a control freak. I just care more than other people. I just want things done right. People just don't see what I see. No, you're a control freak. I'm not a gossip I'm just sharing prayer requests. Really? They're awfully juicy prayer requests that seem awfully personal to you. We lie to ourselves. And instead of getting rid of the lies, we opt out for something else. We lie to ourselves to shut down our consciences because the truth makes our consciences burn. We rationalize. We excuse My sinful mind can convince me of anything if I let it. That's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Did you ever watch American Idol? Did you see some of those auditions? I heard auditions that sounded like a cat was being run over by a car. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it sounded awful. I saw totally self deluded people. It was hilarious and painful to watch at the same time. One of the things I've learned through the years in counseling and being a pastor is that the human ability for denial is staggering. Just ask any drug addict, just ask any alcoholic. Just ask people having affairs. We can justify anything and everything if we want to bad enough. And it's always wrapped in lies. Let me give you a list of some of the favorite lies we tell ourselves. Rationalization number one. It's really no big deal. If you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, it's going to turn into a very big deal. I'm not hurting anyone. Really? If you repeat this five, ten years into the future, it's going to hurt you and really hurt people that love you. I know a lot of people who are worse. Well, yes, there's always the Hitler excuse. Hitler was worse. Do you really want to fall back on that? I can quit anytime I want to. Then why haven't you? That's just the way I am. It's the way God made me. Please do not blame God for that. These lies kill us. They kill our souls. Just like anything done repeatedly, the problem with lying is it gets easier and easier and easier more and more habitual, reality gets more and more twisted. Lies are bad enough, but when we start believing our own lies, we are slowly warping a part of ourselves. We develop devastating blind spots. Do you know people with devastating blind spots? Everybody sees it but them. And it keeps costing them. It costs them job after job, relationship after relationship, friendship after friendship. And they just can't see why everybody's picking on them. They have a blind spot. We excuse self-destruction in some form. Let me give you a word of advice this morning. If more than one person tells you you, you that you have a problem with something there's an excellent chance you have a problem with something. There are exceptions. There are toxic negative people you shouldn't listen to, and there are toxic organizations or situations that you should not listen to. But when people who know you and care about you and are relatively healthy emotionally say, you've got a problem, I've got three words for you. Listen to them! God usually uses others to help us see what we don't see or what we refuse to see. If you don't listen to those trying to help you, chances are you are fighting to stay in denial about something. You are fighting to keep your lies intact because you like your lies. Worse, you just may be quenching the voice of the Spirit who just might be talking to you through that person God does use the body of Christ to help us grow. It's not a solo act. Proverbs talks about how the wise person listens to, quote, life-giving rebukes. That's in Proverbs 15, verse 31 and 32. I love that phrase. If you want to be wise, you should be prepared to listen to life-giving rebukes. Correction. Doctors and mechanics do it all the time. So does God. Especially with our blind spots. We need each other. We need the community of faith and trusted friends. And we need to be humble enough to listen to each other. We also need to be humble enough to come clean. Isn't that what James says? Confess your faults one to another. Why? So that you may be healed. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, classic book, Life Together, wrote this about coming clean. He said, in confession, the breakthrough to community takes place. Sin demands to have a person by themselves. It withdraws that person from the community. It isolates a person. And the more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over that person. The more deeply that person becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is their isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It wants to stay in the dark. It wants to stay secret. It shuns the light. In the darkness of the unexpressed, it poisons the whole being of a person the only way you defeat sin is that you bring sin into the light. The last stronghold of self-justification must be abandoned. Thus expressed, acknowledged sin begins to lose its power. This is why 12-step groups work. This is why Al-Anon works. This When you bring things into the light in the context of other mature believers, it deals a death blow to sin like nothing else, especially with addictions. If you want to stay addicted, stay isolated. If you want a sin to have control over you, keep it secret. Say to yourself, I can handle it. I can work this through. This is no problem. We need each other. We need to hear each other, and we need to confess our faults to one another. That's as scriptural as the day is long. Amen. So often we just say, I can fly solo. It's just me and Jesus and the Word. That, the, the Word teaches you quite different if you read the Word. The very thing we often fear the most is the very thing we often need the most. The truth does set you free. Facing it is not easy. It is often painful. You know, it's like I've said more than once, the truth will set you free, but it'll make you miserable first. But I ask you this morning, do you want to be free or do you prefer to stay comfortable in your bondage? Do you want to be free Or maintain your self-esteem at any cost even the cost of your health or important relationships do you want to be healed or do you insist on being right are you willing for God to wade into your excuses your rationalizations your lies your blind spots in order to make you fully alive like Jesus is fully alive You know what they say, freedom is never free. There is a cost. The truth will set you free, but it will also dent your ego before it sets you free. And that's the problem with sin, isn't it? All sin serves our egos. It serves our pleasure. We say the ultimate lie comes from pride that says no matter how wrong I am, I have a right to it because I'm me. There is no greater freedom than being able to trust someone completely. I just happen to know someone who is worthy of your total trust. I just happen to know someone who never lies. He can be depended on to mean exactly what he says. He has never broken a promise. You can trust him completely because he's absolutely loyal. He keeps confidences. He always lets you know where you stand in the friendship, and He will give you the truth in love always. He will never lead you where you should not go. He is completely for you, and His voice and word can be completely trusted because He is completely trustworthy. We serve a God like that. His name is Jesus. Max Licato tells the story of Jim O'Neill. Jim O'Neill was flying a plane at 15,000 feet and suddenly he went blind. The 65-year-old pilot was 40 minutes into a four-hour solo flight from Glasgow, Scotland to Clockchester, England when his vision failed. He initially thought it was sun blindness but he soon realized it was much worse. Suddenly, he said, I couldn't see the dials in front of me. It was just a blur. I was helpless. He said, now I understood what the phrase flying blind meant. Turns out, he had suffered a stroke. O'Neill groped and found the radio of his Cessna and issued a May Day alert. Paul Garrard, a Royal Air Force Wing Commander, who had just completed a training sortie nearby, was contacted by air traffic controllers and took off in O'Neill's direction. There, in mid-flight, he found O'Neill flying his plane and began talking to the stricken pilot. The commander told O'Neill what to do. His instructions were reassuring and simple. He hovered within 500 feet of O'Neill, never leaving him, shepherding him towards the nearest airport. Upon reaching it, the two began to descend. When asked if he could see the runway below, O'Neill apologized. No, I'm so sorry, no, negative. O'Neill would have to land the plane by faith, not by sight. He hit the runway, the first attempt, and bounced up again, and hit the throttle and went back up into the air. The same thing happened on the second attempt, third attempt, fifth attempt, seventh attempt. But on the eighth try, the blinded pilot managed to make a near perfect landing. We do not know what the future holds. The fact is, is that when it comes to the future, every one of us this morning is flying blind. All of us, anything can happen to any of us. I've been around long enough to see, you know, Some of us are just one blood clot away from a heart attack. Some of us are just one tiny tear in a vein from a stroke. Some of us are one cancer cell away from having our lives irrevocably changed. It would probably shock you this morning if I said, everybody that's had cancer this morning, would you raise your hand? I think you'd be shocked at how many. All of us or one drunk driver away from catastrophe, minding our own business. All of us are one overdose away by someone we love that will haunt us for a lifetime. Last month, six people lost their parents in this church in one week. Six! One week. We do not know what the future holds, but we are not alone We have the commander's voice to guide us home, too. BBC News made the recording of the final four minutes of the flight available. Listen, and you'll hear the patient voice of a confident commander. You've missed the runway this time. Let's start another gentle right-hand turn and get back. Keep the turn coming. Roll out left. Don't worry. Roll out left. Left again. Left again. Keep coming down. Turn left, turn left. Hey, no problem. Can you see the runway now? So you cannot see the runway. Keep listening to my voice. Keep coming down. And after the eighth try, he finally heard this on the eighth try. You are safe to land. Lucado says, I'm looking forward to hearing that final sentence someday from our commander, aren't you? You are safe to land. God wants to get us home, but he can only do that with truth as well as grace, with honesty as well as mercy. He can only deal with reality if we accept reality and let him guide us through it. Too many of us simply deny reality. God has a hard time healing our lies. He has a hard time blessing our self-deception The truth must get in there somewhere because the truth is in God's hands sets us free. The truth in God's hands will get us home. No lie, I swear. Well, I shouldn't swear, but no lie. (laughs) I'd like the worship team and the intercessors to come forward. While they're on their way, I... You know, David, King David said, search me and see if there be any wicked way in me, O Lord. What I like about that is that David did not trust his own self-assessment. David realized he could deceive himself. David realized he had blind spots. And so he said, in wide open honesty and humility before the Lord, He said, Lord, you show me what I need to see about myself that is hurting me and hurting you and hurting others. I invite you to pray that prayer today. I invite you to step outside of yourself for a moment and let the Spirit have input into your heart and life. All God wants to do is set you free. But he has to have truth in order to set you free. Are you open to the truth? Are you open to having your eyes open? Do you want to be well? Or do you want to be right? Let the Lord speak to you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And let the Spirit bring back to you. What have people in your life said to you that you tuned out that maybe you should have listened to? What have you felt twinges of guilt about, but you repressed it? What do you know that you know is wrong, but you minimize it and rationalize it Don't you think it's time to come clean so you may be well? Search us, O God. free forgive us give up our self-justifications and fall into your arms. O one who never lies, free us of ours. In Jesus' name. you stand? If the altar is open for prayer, we will pray for you about anything, for anything. Let's worship the Lord as we conclude the service. so you could only have the best. I pray that we can let go of the garbage of the world and take the best of heaven and walk in that freedom, walk in that love, walk in faith. God, help us to understand and reject the lies of the enemy and of the world. We are pelted with them hundreds of times every day through media, through everything lord help us to know the truth help us to follow the truth may your spirit apply the truth to our hearts and help us to walk free in the truth in jesus name we ask it and god's people say amen Amen. and amen